1: This podcast will contain the material that we're using in our book, a devotional book, on the developing of a godly inner narrative. Today we're going to be speaking about the meditations of our hearts. These meditations that we're offering uh, are concentrating on the objective of helping each of us build an inner narrative that blesses God. We are building a foundation, and this is the verse we are using to guide us toward that goal. Psalm 19, verse 15, from the Tree of Life Version. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable before you, Adonai, my rock and my redeemer. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Last podcast, I focused us on the word generally translated acceptable. Let's move on to the next important word in this verse. The word is meditations. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable before you. Meditations. The meditations of our hearts. We're speaking of the meditations of our hearts. The meditations of our hearts are silent, but God hears them. We ponder in his presence. Sometimes. Meditations are motivated by the Spirit of God, and sometimes meditations are motivated by our fallen natures or satanic influences. Our strong desires, our icy fears, our inner joyous songs, our confident hopes, our deep griefs, all these are the foundation, activity, and subjects of our natural meditations. In our culture, meditations are understood as being internal, but let's contrast that with the Hebrew word for meditation, higayon. This Hebrew word has the concept of speaking under one's breath woven into its core definition. Our hearts speak too. The meditations of our inner man are manifest in the mutterings of our mouths. The Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures, the Septuagint, employs a word, meleti, that conveys Repetitive action, like a military drill or an actor rehearsing a scene, it speaks of our attention being focused in the same way we might study for an exam. Do you ever find yourself focusing on the same subject over and over? You may be obsessed. You are definitely meditating. This has an application to how we view ourselves. When we are captured by our meditations, or when we concentrate on something we believe is important or urgent, we may find ourselves unconsciously speaking our thoughts out loud. That is an example of spontaneous meditation. When we are deliberately concentrating upon a truth or a topic, we may emphasize our thought by verbal expressions. That is the biblical expression of meditation. Here are two more examples from Psalms describing the connection of our hearts, meditation, and the words of our mouths. Psalm 39, verse 3, and Psalm 49, verse 3. Psalm 39, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Psalm 49, my mouth will speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be understanding. God has called us to have dominion over our thoughts. We are victors, not victims. We can choose the direction of our deliberations. We can be intentional in our internal meditations. Biblically, our meditations can be deliberately guided. We can have peace-filled, joyous thoughts. We are not called to be passive, helpless victims of our earliest self-awareness or our past traumas and other carnal wellsprings that may animate the thoughts of our hearts. We are instructed to train ourselves to pursue specific trains of thought. We are exhorted along with Joshua and King David to meditate upon the scriptures. Joshua was told this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Joshua 1 verse 8 This practice became the source of Joshua's relationship with God and his successful career as Israel's leader. His meditation formed his character. His obedience to God began in his meditation and deliberately moved into obedient action. King David took heed of God's instruction to Joshua and wrote, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3. So, whether it be in warfare, As with Joshua, or in normal life, as written about in Psalm 1, we are called to meditate. And if we do meditate upon the law of the Lord, meditate upon the scriptures, and are obedient out of our meditations, we will have success. Now, please pay attention to this. Both Joshua and David were warriors, and we are exhorted to wage a deliberate war in our thought lives. Much of what we are aware of and the world's interpretations of what we see militate against the knowledge of God, and we are called to go to war. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 6, Paul wrote, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Messiah, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. We have an adversary. He's called the serpent, and the serpent wants to deceive us. The serpent's goal is that our minds would be led astray to lesser loves. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, Paul wrote, But I am afraid that, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to the Messiah. We are called to maintain covenant loyalty to Israel's Messiah based upon wholehearted love. We are not naturally inclined towards this. Consider what Jesus said concerning what comes from carnal hearts. The Lord was saying... That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. Look at what he said issues out of the heart of man. What a sordid cornucopia of despicable sins. Please note that evil thoughts lead this parade of shame. Evil thoughts are the trunk of the bad tree which produces this rotten fruit. And we are called to be good trees and bear good fruit out of a spiritually renewed, scripturally informed heart. To do so, we need to cultivate meditations that give his indwelling presence pleasure. Let's fill our heart with thoughts that please God. Jesus said, For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Luke 6, verses 43 through 45. To live lives that please God and consequently overcome this cosmos, we must begin with the meditations of our heart. As we do, our lives will produce good fruit let's not leave this up to happenstance meditations that give god pleasure do not necessarily happen by accident let's determine to choose the subjects of our hearts concentrations to guide our meditations in a way that gives god pleasure we can deliberately meditate upon the biblical view of god studying and praying about the principles and the promises found in scripture is a necessary discipline to overcome natural tendencies towards being inwardly self-focused i'd like to give two examples of isolating displeasing meditations and replacing them with that which pleases god i have observed that people tend towards anxiety and judgmentalism as regards anxiety here's the secret The emotion of anxiety is the fruit of anxious thoughts. The Messiah commanded, John chapter 14 verse 1, do not let your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. When I consider this I realize that my troubled meditations are the result of my unfaithful thoughts. After all. He has commanded me to not allow my natural tendency towards anxiety to prevail. It pleases God when we obediently exercise faith that overcomes anxiety. He loves us and does not want us to harm our souls. He loves us and calls us to commune with Him. His love towards us is, in measure, mistrusted when we maintain anxious meditations. When we trust Him, We are brought into fellowship with him. Everyone who loves wants to be loved in return. We love him when we trust him. We trust him when we love him. What about our bent towards evaluating others from a heart position of supposed superiority? Who has overcome this and scaled that summit? Seriously, what do you think about this other mountain we need to continually conquer? We are all called to climb Mercy Mountain. When we meditate about others, we are to be motivated by mercy and want to think of them in the best light possible. James wrote For judgment is merciless to the one who does not show mercy, mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's grow in mercy meditations please try to apply this exhortation to the way you meditate about others. It will give God pleasure. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the god of peace will be with you philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 what a promise the god of peace will be with you don't you want the god of peace to be with you i want the god of peace to be with me i love his fellowship also this world is filled with tribulation and it is the god of peace who will soon crush the adversary under our feet Let's make a relational space for God to be blessed in the midst of our thoughts and find pleasure in the words that we speak. The Spirit of heaven can accomplish this. Jeremiah 32 verse 27 God throws down the gauntlet. We are challenged. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? Shouldn't our creator get joy from what his hands made? Our meditations can give God pleasure. In the future, we will begin to specifically explore how this applies to our inner narratives. How should we view ourselves? What meditations might we adjust? Meanwhile, please pray along with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and my heart's deepest thoughts give your presence pleasure.
0: Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers. To purchase copies of David's books, please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish, from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or For the Sake of the Fathers, visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com loveofgodproject.org book.forthesakeofthefathers.com of or you can follow us on Facebook at restoration Fellowship NY love of God project love and war Dh and for the sake of the Fathers if you have any questions or comments feel free to email David at love and war underscore dh at yahoo.com as always please remember to share love and war, and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.